What's going on everybody? I am Audrey Paul and this is There It Is. What's up, welcome back. Once again, I am Audrey Paul, this is There It Is. And today we're just gonna kinda switch it up a little bit. What I'm gonna do now, I have to introduce Caleb King, co-owner of Drip Donuts. Thank you for being on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. A pleasure having you. We have a magnificent guest, but usually we have a quote of the day, right? But this one that we found uh, not too long ago was just so crazy that I wanted our guest to hear it for the first time because it was, it was ridiculous. So I'm gonna read this verbatim just for you to hear this. All right. A new study, and this is a quote by the way, and I'm gonna say at the end who said this. So it says, a new study found that Americans are exercising more than ever, but still not losing much weight. Not good, in fact. It's all I could think about on my jog to drip donuts. <laughs> now, can you guess who said this? Uh, I give you a hint. Matt? Negative. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> Talk show host Jimmy Fallon said this. <laughs> I like it. So the reason I, I, I wanted you to hear this for the first time is because is there a drip donuts in New York? I don't know. I, I haven't seen Jimmy lately. But I don't know. <laughs> Someday we'll get to New York. But, uh, okay. I okay. can see that. Yeah. I, okay. I feel it. You know, we, we definitely reward ourselves with, with our, uh, our exercise. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Well, I just wanted you to hear it first. I mean, it could be Dunkin' Donuts, but I'm, I'm almost positive he said drip donuts. I'm almost positive. I love it. So what I want to do today is we're going to get into drip donuts. We're going to get into everything that you're doing. But I want to take it back and kind of figure out how to, you got to where you are right now. So we could go back as far as you want, and then we'll bring it, bring it forward. It was a kind of a seat of our pants thing. This was a, a COVID business, honestly. We were changing gears. Uh, I was dating Michelle during COVID. We were traveling around. Um, camping all around the West Coast and came back to Shreveport. I was born in Shreveport. We came back for Christmas to see the family. Yeah. We were yeah. going to stay about three days. And uh, three years later, we're still here. <laughs> we, <laughs> we rented an apartment right down the street at the Standard Lofts. And I started making bread, you know, and baking, doing all that COVID stuff. And I ended up frying donuts in the apartment and the kettle kept growing bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> and I get a 20 quart mixer delivered uh, to the apartment and it arrived on a skid yeah. on a pallet through the lobby and the super caught me getting it delivered and he's like uh-uh so I ended up having to rent commercial kitchen space and uh, one thing led to another and we started actually getting a production kitchen going and started selling them out of a food truck Okay, okay. And it just, it kind of grew from there. It was a really organic thing. We never intended to have a, a donut shop. Um, we just saw the, saw the market opportunity. There was a, a really basic level of donut product in Shreveport. Um, there was nothing elevated. And we thought, hey, let's give it a go. And people really responded, which motivated us. You know, once you see that response from customers you know it 
helps give you that uh, motivation to keep going and and give it give it your all. That's true. So before, like when you were younger, like your parents, Michelle's parents, anybody entrepreneur back then? My grandfather uh, was a small businessman. He had King Hardware on Line Avenue, which is kind of a Shreveport institution. Still. Uh, yeah, you know, it was like that old old fashioned hardware store. But nothing really out there entrepreneurial. Um, I, I don't really know how this happened, honestly. It just, it was, we just wanted to do something different. And um, we didn't, either one of us didn't have the pedigree. I mean, Michelle was corp, has a corporate background and I had a pretty safe real estate background, you know, a very uh, low risk background. Um, so this was a, a big step for us. I know your wife, so she's native of Toronto, right. correct? So how did you even get up to Toronto? If you My ex is Canadian. Ah, so okay. right out of LSU, I moved to Canada or pretty soon afterwards, and I thought I would be there forever. Mm -hmm. um, I had no intention of moving back here. And I don't think Michelle did either when we came down to visit. Neither one of us did. It was going to be an in-and-out trip. And then... You found that house. We did. You know, that's a funky little. It's actually this building reminded me of it a little bit. The tile roof and that, you know, that Spanish kind of style. And, you know, these just beautiful housing stock and great people here. And it's a real sense of community in Shreveport that you don't get in a big city. And you kind of miss that. Um, we definitely kind of got a vision of what we could have in that brief time that we were here at Christmas. And and uh, I think we both kind of fell for it. It was a, we didn't even really talk about it much. It was a, an emotional thing, you know? It was just like this. Human. Yeah, it, it really was. We didn't really, we, we just were driving around and we saw this sign and we were like, should we do it? And that's just, what, that's how it happened. It, um, it was very spontaneous, but the fact that we didn't have to talk about it made it even more powerful. You know, like we didn't have to make a pros and cons list. You know, when you know, you know, right? So. So who really taught you how to cook or how to bake? Where'd that come from? Uh, my mom's a good cook. That always helps. You know, when you have that uh, background in the kitchen. Uh, my grandmother's a good cook too. I did go to culinary school more for like personal enrichment in Toronto. Uh, if you can call it that, just for, I never cooked commercial, like as a commercial enterprise, but I, I did go. So I was certainly comfortable in a kitchen environment. It wasn't intimidating to me. Yeah, my mom was certainly instrumental in, in planting that seed early on, you know, and she still cooks all the time to this day. She makes it look easy too. That's what I've never, I wish I had that, you know. She can have like three grandkids running around and, you know, uh, one on her arm and still have four, four burners going and uh, talk your ear off at the same time, you know? It's pretty, pretty amazing to watch. So does she, well, I was gonna say still, but I don't know if she did before, but does she kick you out of the kitchen? She lets me help a little bit. Uh, she gives me a job to do, sticks me off in the corner. <laughs> no, she does ask my advice. I don't know if she's pumping my tires or what, but she does ask me for advice sometimes. Um, but yeah, we do enjoy cooking together. Um, she's always trying something new here and there. And she comes, she helps two days a week at Drip Donuts too. Really? So she's, 
experiments there too. We we got an airbrush last week, so we're we're playing with that some. So yeah. So truly a family. It is. Yeah. You know, absolutely. My dad was helping fix gas lines yesterday. Um, there's always something going on over there. Gotta come together. Yeah. So you talk about yesterday. I know before we started today, we got into a little bit of the event that just closed out that pretty much took everyone to make it a success. Tell us a little bit about that. Right, so the, the Rebel um, is a big f local festival and it runs for nine days and you don't really get a day off. You're, you're there every day of the event. Um, so that's a big time commitment and you know you need a lot of family support to make that happen from you know Michelle and Michelle putting up with me being gone the whole time and mm -hmm. she was making grocery runs for all the things I forgot because I was all over the place and you know my parents helping with the kids and dad helping fix things that I broke and um, it really it's, it's a true family affair um, and the business just wouldn't work without that you know and that's what makes um, it a hometown thing and I think that's what's what people have responded to here you know I really do and when you see that community support people will buy th things even when they're messed up you know they're just trying they're like they get it they know you have a bad day you know they they're just tr they're supporting you you know and um, and it's really encouraging you know and it just it it helps get you through the rough patches um, and that's what you know being a, a community business is all about and it, it, it means a lot you know um, so the rebel we needed a lot of that support because you just run out of gas about halfway but you got to keep going you know um, so we're still recovering from that um, I think maybe by Thursday or Friday I'll I'll know my name again um, <laughs> But yeah, you can tell I'm not not 100% yet, but I'm hopefully I'm coherent. Yeah, I mean, you seem fully coherent. Okay, good. You're good. All right. So, okay. I want to touch a little bit on how it became and then we'll get into like drip itself. But I know it started in your home that you kind of talked about and then you just kind of rapidly got bigger and bigger and then you had to move somewhere to talk about where that was. Yeah, so the um, we started fully mobile, so our camper van became a food truck uh, because that's what we had. You know, we used what we had, um, and it added like a little cool factor too because it was you know it's like this Mercedes camper van, and you're selling these uh, high-end donuts out of it, yeah. drip donuts. You just open the door and boom, these nice, great donuts in a black. Ben's truck it just looked it's just a cool concept honestly and we'd never planned it that way it just it was just this just kind of cool and uh you know that kind of it was it's great and it's but the novelty kind of wears off eventually after it comes to your neighborhood four or five times you know eventually you know you start seeing things kind of plateau mm -hmm. so we knew that that wasn't a long-term sustainable I mean, it, it would be at a certain level, but yeah. not at a support the family level, you know. So, and also I didn't want to be traveling around six days a week. We needed like stability and production kitchen. And so we wanted to actually have a storefront and instead of going there, have all, you know, people come to us. And um, 
we, ha we had this great opportunity at the old Dee's Photo Building. So everybody in Shreveport who grew up here remembers those signs downtown, Dee's. And um, it just so happened that it was available. And the Downtown Development Authority was looking for something exciting and different for that location, you know, something other than another law office or, a, you know, they, you can put those things anywhere, right? So it needed something uh, with some attraction, some draw, and uh, fortunately we were a good fit for it because that's, that building is certainly a good fit for us. And Liz Swain and uh, the late Jim Walsh, who just passed last week, helped put this deal together for us. And um, it's been amazing. It's a really large production facility um, that we're kind of growing into as we go. And it's a gorgeous corner of downtown Shreveport. It's, it's incredible. I mean, right at Texas and Market, right by Regents Tower, 21 parking spaces. Um, it's been amazing. Um, we've really, I think we've only scratched the surface of what we can do with that. I mean, only have so many hours in the day to, to utilize it. But I'm hoping as we continue to grow that we can really um, really make use of that amazing resource and um, do it justice because it's just it's an incredible space and we're, we're excited to really grow into it we've got the food truck running one day a week in the parking lot on Wednesday we've got plans for some other things during the week uh, next year um, like a jazz brunch on the weekend too so yeah once we get that going too it's gonna be really fun um, so plenty of runway there, um, and we are thrilled to be downtown. You have a lot of good ideas. I can hear them just when you're talking now. And I want to see, because you talked about late Jim Moss, uh, may you rest in peace, but that was like sort of your mentor, yeah. correct? His optimism was certainly part of what got us to stay here, I think. I remember clear as day, we, we were at the Standard Lofts and we went to Rhino Coffee and he had just opened Andrus and he was, his face was on the uh, cover of 318 or one of the weeklies. And um, I was like, I gotta go talk to this guy. This looks like a cool thing. Called him up, he, I think he said, yeah, come by tomorrow. And he gave me a tour of the whole building, you know, didn't know me from Adam and sat down and talked to me and he's like, you know, I got just a thing for you. And he connected me with Cohab um, and Jessica Sheely over there and he got me in the kitchen side of it, he got me set up with, you know, half of the vent hood space. Um, and I didn't even have to really pitch him. He was like, yeah, I get it. You know, you know, we need something like that. And he was a really optimistic guy and it was, infectious you know like it it really it made you believe in yourself that he had seen a lot of a lot of pitches that he would back you that quickly or make a judgment call that quickly about it you know what i mean um without you really having to sell him it definitely gave me a lot of confidence so jim was um always there and he always went to bat for us at key junctures like and it was interestingly you might not hear from him for six months, but if you needed something, he was there and he would answer the, answer the phone immediately. You know, it was, it was pretty cool to have someone like that in your corner. Um, definitely he will be missed, for sure. Um, 
really amazing guy and, and an amazing uh, resource that, that Shreveport doesn't have anymore. It's very sad. So let's jump into Drip Donuts, period. All right, so everything started. Um, right now, you have the establishment, which is huge. I think we did a breakfast in there um, last month. Yeah. Yes. The hospitality breakfast. Yes, yeah. hospitality breakfast was in there. Um, very nice place. What I want to know, what does a normal day look like in there? So we get a lot of uh, pre-work traffic, like people taking a lot of their, a lot of stuff to the office. We get um, a lot of salespeople taking stuff to meetings. Um, so our bread and butter is boxed donut sales. Um, we're trying to expand more of the habitual traffic, like coffee sales, like people just on their way to work. That's been a little slower than I expected. It's just, I think people already have their habits you know what I mean? So we're trying to kind of get people to change their habits a bit and stop by and get a coffee. Um, but the, the average day is, is a more of a steady flow than a rush. Um, but I'd say 8 to 9.30, it's pretty constant. And then we get um, moms with kids after school drop-off, like moms with young kids. And then... Um, Afternoons are always slower, but we get people studying, um, a few people just taking a break from the office. But that's kind of our retooling time. We get ready for the next day, we clean up. Um, but yeah, that's, it's been an interesting, interesting experience coming from a, a downtown that, obviously COVID has impacted every downtown, but you know, coming from, I've lived in New York and San Francisco and Toronto, and you know, seeing downtowns that have huge foot traffic, and this Shreveport's more of a driving downtown. Yeah. You know, people, like, I do it. I drive to the Y sometimes to work out. And I'm like, how lazy can you get? It's three blocks away. And then I got to pay for parking when I get there. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But it's hot. I mean, come on. Uh, so I get it. The foot traffic is, is definitely slower than most downtowns. Um, but we knew that going in. I mean, it's, it's a pickup business. People yeah. just pull up. We've got great access off of Market Street so people can pull over and grab their stuff and, and go on. We're about to launch delivery, which I think is going to be huge because downtown is just still out of the way for a lot of street porters that have their little routine you know, where they do their, their daily thing. So um, we're about to, to, get to launch that in November. Um, and I think that'll be a significant part of the business as well. So we're excited to do that as well. So you'll have a baker that you hire. They come, they sit with you to learn exactly how to go through everything. Right, exactly. I kind of learned the hard way um, in Coab. And then we, I think at first we tried training people who didn't have much baking experience and it just, it, it was too difficult. Uh, a learning curve. It just it was frustrating for them, frustrating for us. So we only hire bakers now, um, and the dexterity is important. I mean, you just have to be fast; otherwise, it doesn't work. Um, and you have to be good at early hours. You have to be comfortable at 4 a.m. Um, that's a lifestyle, you know. It's a commitment. So um, we have 
one that comes in at four and one that comes in at five. And then we have a machine that holds the dough overnight. I mean, a lot of donut shops start at 2 a.m. and 3 a.m., but we have a machine that will change at 3 a.m. from a refrigerator to a heater. So it buys us a couple of extra hours of sleep. Innovation. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's an investment in, in quality of life, basically. Um, so that's been really helpful. Um, but that's, uh, we have two key bakers and then we have a lot of part-time decorators who can come in if, if we get really busy or we have a lot of orders that go out that day that can put things together at the last minute. Okay. Um, Saturdays are huge, obviously. Um, Fridays are big. Sundays were closed, um, but that's typically a big donut day too. We might have to rethink that eventually. I'm not sure. Maybe like shifted to a Monday or? Could be. Yeah. I mean, it could be we close Monday, Tuesday, but when you're downtown, it's an office crowd as well. So that's a trade-off. Um, we haven't really figured that out. That's a lot, a lot to think about. All these micro decisions that you're in the middle of that you never really plan for. It's interesting. When you're on a food truck, you don't care. You just shut the door. And <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Uh, but yeah, it's a whole different ball game now. So, but, um, yeah. so these, you actually brought some. Yeah, I brought a few. Um, we have a couple of kinds of blueberry here. This is a blueberry balsamic cake donut um, in the corners here and here. And that's my current favorite. And then I've got a blueberry cheesecake filled donut. This is banana pudding, which looks kind of boring, but it's actually a really good filled donut. Then I have a pistachio and our plain glazed sourdough, which is my breakfast usually. Ah, yes. I never get tired of that one. Um, but yeah, this is a, a little, uh, a little look at what we're offering. They also keep really well. So we have a lot of people who are used to a, a classic Shreveport donut that's good for about 30 minutes after you buy it, tastes great while it's hot, then it turns into a brick. You know, these donuts, um, they'll taste fine later on that day. They'll even taste good the next day if you leave them on the counter. So um, people can come downtown and buy a six pack and still enjoy them the next day. So that's a bit different than what they're used to and uh, it just says a lot about the, the product it is it's a really rich dough and uh, it's not lean at all so there's there's plenty in there to keep it ready for you the next day so it's not just donuts though we, we got have something kolaches. Else. okay yeah. we have kolaches and last year well actually yeah January um, we started the Nashville chicken in the parking lot which has grown into its own thing mm -hmm. we're now I've partnered with Great Raft Brewing and we're doing food service at Great Raft. Okay. Um, and that is hot chicken sandwiches. Uh, now we have strips and wings and we do school catering mm -hmm. with that, which has grown into a, a pretty sizable business for us, which is chicken strips and sandwiches and donuts together. Ooh. Super healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got to tell you, we were out at Calvary doing, I think it was a, um, uh, 
bodybuilding competition. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, and I think y'all sponsored, but you were doing the chicken sandwiches, and it might have been uh, other stuff, too, but I got one of the chicken sandwiches. <laughs> it is life-changing. We had to give those guys some energy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Were, that was a fun event. Um, but we do, we do lunches at Calvary, too, on Thursdays. Um, and that's a really good spot for us because after the donuts are done in the morning, we've got a lull, then we can do the, the lunches for the schools, and then we pick up for the, uh, the Nashville chicken later in the day. So it kind of goes in cycles. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, but you're right, there's, there's always something. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're making good use of the building, and um, it's fun product. That's the most important thing for me is it's got to be different. It's, if, if somebody's already doing it here, there's no point competing. I mean, it's, I, want, I want fun stuff, different stuff, and to bring slightly niche stuff to Shreveport that a more established restaurant wouldn't do, you know? Well, I'll tell you, uh, the, the phrase local food staple is thrown out a lot when people hear drip chicken, drip donuts. Oh, thank you. Um, how does that make you feel? That's exciting, you know. I, I, to be to be a, a part of the food scene here in a short time. I mean, we haven't really been at it that long. You know, I do have imposter syndrome sometimes because I I don't feel like a career chef or, or a real. Um, you know, I ask advice all the time from cooks. I'm like, "Am I doing this right? Is this good?" You know, like. <laughs> uh, you know, Harry is our, you know, our, our main chicken. He's basically uh, the executive chef of the chicken business. And I'm all the time, I'm asking him, is this right? Is this right? But, I mean, that's just part of it. You know, you're always learning. And um, I think being willing to learn and unafraid to try different things that you're, you're not familiar with is what's enjoyable to me. Um, if I already know how to do it, I'm not interested, really. I don't really want to do it. And once I, that's, maybe that's a blessing and a curse. Um, because I'm, once I'm good at it and I'm familiar with it, I kind of lose interest. Uh, so you have to have the patience and the, the diligence to stick with things and make sure that the processes are consistent and quality stays up to standard. Um, which I think we're doing a pretty good job at with the donuts, but still give yourself time to explore these other avenues and be creative in, in other ways. And I guess that's the trade-off too. Do you try to grow the business that you already have or the, the product that you're already good at? Do you try to expand that into other markets? Which, let's face it, Shreveport's not a huge market. True. There's not a whole lot of runway for high-end donuts. I mean, surely there's more than we've tapped into. I mean, I'm not saying we've maxed it out at all or even close. I mean, I definitely need to put more work into that. Um, but at the same time, I get a lot more personal enjoyment out of um, other product lines, you know, out of exploring new product lines or mm-hmm. developing other, th- other concepts. So that's a personal trade-off I struggle with a lot is... Um, doing what's better for the business or doing what's more enjoyable for me. Um, 
and I have to, uh, well, Michelle is really good at that, putting the brakes on my, uh, yeah, my ideas, uh, my dreams. She crushes my dreams a lot, actually. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't, when you talk about imposter syndrome, I wouldn't, for me on the outside looking in, I wouldn't say that you should feel like that. I would say instead, if you show me somebody that says they have all the answers, that's the imposter. I don't think there's uh, anybody that has all the answers. I believe the, the strength is actually getting help, asking those questions, because nobody knows everything, and I think that's what you're doing. I mean, that's basically what you said. That's true. Yeah, you know, well, everyone learned one way or another, right? And it doesn't matter what age you learn it. If you learned it at 18 or 48. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I've never pretended to be an executive pastry chef. So I think if I was wearing a toque and a white pastry coat, then I would really feel like a tool, you know, like. But I'm not pretending to be some, you know, a French pastry chef. So I think there is that. And I'm also doing the work, you know. Um, and I'm, I've never been afraid to get, you know, flour under my fingernails. So um, I've always been proud of that, you know, that I make my own stuff. And um, it's more than just, uh, it's, ne it's never been just a money-making enterprise. It's, honestly, there's a lot easier ways to make money than food. It's, you got to love it. You really do. On a really small scale... There's a really strange kind of local celebrity aspect to it, too. Like, I'll be at a red light, and people will be, like, flagging you down, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. or you'll be pumping gas in your car. Hey, let me get one of those donuts, you know? It's just kind of... Here you go. Yeah, oh, all the time, every day, every day. And uh, it's just fun, you know? It's just a fun thing, you know? It's, but I could be, you know, an accountant or an engineer or something, and nobody would ever wave at me. <laughs> but uh, I'm instead I'm the donut guy, so yeah, it's you know it's kind of fun. But um, you you do get some payoff there for sure. And you talked about how you have somebody that kind of keeps you keeps you level. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, Michelle, she definitely is my. Uh, she definitely stabilizes me for sure. This is absurd, but I wanted to do like these rainbow colored pasta things, at, at, at whatever. Anyway, I was gonna buy like a $15,000 pasta machine and start doing like rainbow. Anyway, I was sober too. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but I was about to do it. And I was like, I was gonna buy a trailer and I was gonna pull it around all these things and do all this stuff. and. Um, I was convinced, man, this is going to be great. And uh, first she was like really diplomatic about it. You know, like, I don't know if this is the right time, yeah. you know? And then, then she was like, um, you know, you've got a lot going on right now. <laughs> and then I think by the end of it, she was like, <laughs> she's like, if you do this, I'm going to kill you. you know, basically. <laughs> so, you know, and then, you know, two months later, you're like, yeah, she was right. That's stupid. <laughs> <You> know, <so. laughs> Um, right. That's a good team. Yeah, yeah. You have to just, in the moment, I thought she was just absolutely 
causing me to, you know, miss all of this revenue, you know, I was like, man, this is the next big thing. Uh, but yeah, she was totally right about that. Um, but that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, but she's, she's really, uh, able to keep the, the, um, family stuff in check too, because there's, I, I had no idea. Like I'm, I had kids in my 40s, and there's no way to prepare yourself for that. You know, like, like whoa. Obviously, without someone to uh, hold that down for you, there's no way to conduct business at all. You know, so it's definitely a team. Uh, she's, I mean, we're a team in the store, too, but I can't say we're much of a team at home. She does, like, 90% of the stuff for the boys. Holding it together. Yeah, absolutely. Um I mean, I definitely try to do my bit, but I'm just not home enough right now. Um, but I, as they've got, I mean, they're two and one now. Um, Edwin's two in November. So, I mean, as as they've gotten older, it's easier for me to, or more fun, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, it's really getting getting to be a lot more fun and more enjoyable. Um, but yeah, that's for the first first six months with two children was a very trying time for sure that was different bloodshot eyes man no sleep i thought do the donut business was tough but that's nothing <laughs> it's like two kids is for real not even close mm -mm. man so now that you have you know family is growing before there was inspiration to kind of get things ramped up would you say right now the family is your inspiration and motivation? 100%, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's no question. I, I also didn't, I don't think you can really prepare yourself. I mean, as someone who's basically lived for himself for 40 years, I mean, literally, that's what I did. I, I thought about what do I want to do today? You know, or what's going to make me feel good? Yeah. You can't really prepare yourself for that mental click of, what do I need to do to provide for these kids, you know? And it's just, fortunately, nature, it just kind of kicks in, you know, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, it did for me, thank goodness. Um, but yeah, you know, all of a sudden, you don't really care what clothes you're wearing or anything. It just doesn't matter, really. Um, I mean, I do try to wash my car every now and then and, you know, like try to brush my teeth or whatever. But yeah, it's uh, it's a whole different world. I think I I swung a little too far in the other direction. I have to carve out some time for myself and reestablish a bit of an identity outside of you know work and fatherhood alone. Um, because I went from basically being all self-centered to having no self, um, and it just kind of swung too far the other direction. But I think we'll find a balance there eventually. Yeah, because a lot of people really don't think about that. I know it's cliche, but you hear it all the time when you get on the commercial planes. You know, you got to put the mask on yourself before you can put it on the kids. And a lot of people don't really think about it that way, um, but it is serious. If you don't take care of you, eventually you're going to run out of gas, and then that's it. You're not going to be able to take care of the family, the kids, customers. That's a good way to put it. And I haven't been doing that um, as much as I should. I think. I went through, like when we were building out the store, like when we were getting ready to launch last fall, 
I was in a really good place. I was exercising daily. I felt great. I looked good. And then obviously, you know, things launch. You just pedal to the metal and you don't look back. And now, now nine months have passed and I'm like, whoa, you know. So I feel like we've got a really good team in place now. Um, we've got the processes in place where I'm able to kind of pause and say, you know, what what is an extra hour, what value is an extra hour of my time adding here, you know, or when when is it an appropriate time to leave today, you know, or, you know, I actually have to put limits on the time commitment, you know, and um, budget time for yourself and the family and not just the shop, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the mask on yourself is the perfect analogy. So let's bring it back to success. Not a lot of people could open up like actual brick and mortar downtown Shreveport. What do you say you would owe your success to? People. Um, I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the secret sauce is here. If it's people just excited to see someone come back and try and to do it in a really organic way I think people responded to that and I think that's what made us successful I think um, the weather here is not great but people would stand in line for 20 minutes to get you know a four dollar pastry and that's incredibly motivating as a business owner, you know, you wonder why you're getting out of bed at three in the morning sometimes, and that's why. If they're willing to do that for you, you know, I would get so excited driving to these events, and every day I would, die, I would be like, I would ask Michelle, are they going to come? Are they, are they going to do it? Are they really going to do it? And I remember there was one time at the Benton Courthouse, I opened the door and there was nobody there, and I, I called Michelle, I was like, did you do the Facebook post? Where are these people? Like. I thought this was going to be good. And then I turned around and they were all lined up on the other side of the van, like 45 people deep. And I, you know, and it's, I got to call you back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just stuff like that. It just, you know, that it's the people, it's just the people supporting you. And that's what made us successful here. Well, that is all my questions. However, our Skills Plus DJs put together a few songs that they think you maybe should or might not know. Okay. <laughs> but we're going to go into that game. Name that tune. Okay. All right. Big Papa. <laughs> nice, good job. Okay, next one. Uh, Calvin Harris. No. There was a time I used to look into my father's eyes in a happy home. I was a king, I had a gold throne. 
those days are gone. Now the memory. I know it. It's a treadmill song. It's like a gym song. You give? Yeah. So the name of it, Don't You Worry Child. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, see? All right. So you one and one. I know you could get this next one. That's Outcast. Okay. Outcast, so we give you a half. You, you get a half. One and a half? I'll take 50%. Yeah. That's good. Hey, All thanks right. a lot, guys. I enjoyed it. No, thank you. It has been a pleasure having you on. Um, and I had some coffee. I tried to, I tried to perk it up yeah, a little bit. I, <laughs> I needed jet fuel, honestly. I needed to light a fire under me. No, you were great. So last thing we need is we need you to look in this camera right here and tell everybody where they can find you. We're at 421 Market Street, Texas and Market, right across from Regions Tower, uh, down the street from Blind Tiger, Hayes Nightclub, The Sandbar. Uh, we're open Tuesday to Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., and we have a parking space, free parking, 21 parking spaces right next to the building um, in the alley. So if you turn left off of Market, there's a little alley, uh, big parking lot there and you can enter around the front. Great patio, um, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Tuesday to Saturday. Social media, I've got two, uh, two, two, two handles, at Drip Donuts, two peas, and at Drip Hot Chicken, two peas. So Instagram is our main um, media source, and we do some Facebook too. So check us out. And there it is. <laughs>